What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, Jack Vita, uh, alongside a very special guest today. Uh, we're going to talk with Jody Wincheski. She's worked in reality TV casting for the last decade plus. Uh, she also competed on The Amazing Race. So very excited to chat with her today. If you guys like today's episode, make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show and log on to my website, jackvita.com. Jody, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, you competed on The Amazing Race, season 14. And since Yeah, since then you've been working in reality TV. So first of all, I guess we'll back the truck up. How did you end up on The Amazing Race? I just applied like everyone else, you know, <laughs> um, when, so I had applied two different times in my life. Um, the, that time we just sent in a, a tape and I actually applied with, uh, Laura Moret, who ended up on survivor. And, uh, when they saw the tape, they were like, Hey, we like you. And obviously we like her too, but we really want a team of flight attendants. So they made me kind of switch up my partner last minute. And, uh, Christy, the girl I raced with, I just happened to be flying with her that day. <laughs> so we threw a tape together, sent it in, got on the show. So how would you, how are you and Laura Moret connected? Have you guys been friends for a while? Yeah, I had known her since I was probably 16. Yeah, we grew up in the same little town. That's so. very cool. So did they yeah. take Laura and say, hey, we want you for Survivor instead? Well, so then like a year year later, I don't know, something around, around a year later, Lynn called me up and said, hey, I need another girl for Survivor, like your friend Laura, how good is she? Is she really, you know, would she be great on the show? And I'm like, yeah, you guys are gonna love her. And then she's like, are you sure? Because I'm gonna have to like fly her out, put her, you know, put her up, whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and it was kind of before I even really did much casting with her. And yeah, they flew her out and she got on. That's so cool. That's an awesome story. Yeah. Did you enjoy your time on the race? I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's exhausting <laughs> and it can be frustrating, <laughs> you know, um, for sure. And it's harder than it looks, but it's um, also the, like the best experience of your life. It's great. Yeah. Is it comparable, do you think, in terms of how tired people are on The Amazing Race to Survivor? I think you're probably, I mean, I don't know. I haven't been on Survivor, but right. you're exhausted on the run the race because you're, you know, flying around the country going from, you know, like you're doing the task and then you're having to fly and you're not necessarily sleeping. And a lot of it's more like on Survivor, the um, they don't have as much food. Not that we had a plethora of food, but at least we had the option. But um, their challenges are quick, mostly and then they're done, you know, and they can kind of lay around or whatever. I mean, we're running, 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 running. And some of those challenges are ours. And then you've got to get on a plane where you might not sleep or you've, you know, travel all night or, you know, something to that effect. So yeah, you're, you're pretty exhausted. Did you develop good friendships and relationships with the people that you competed against? Or was there any bad blood after the season? I mean, the worst bad blood was with my partner, <laughs> I would say. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we. I've definitely kept in touch with some of the people from my season. Um, as the years go on, maybe a little bit less, but you're still like here and there. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel like there was really bad blood. 
So I was uh, reading up on your season. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm definitely going to have to watch it after talking with you. And one of the things I read that I thought was really interesting was that someone in your cast married a very famous baseball player. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they've got a couple kids now. Yeah, Evan Longoria, for those who do not know who we're talking about, not Eva yeah. Longoria, Evan Longoria. He's had right. a nice long career, all-star, uh, played with the Rays. Now he's over with the Giants. And, um, yeah, he married Jamie Edmondson from your season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, she was also like a playmate. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, she kind of had her own thing going. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not exactly surprising that they would end up together. But they seem like really happy, have a couple kids, you know, posting all the time, so. Very yeah. cool. So Jody, uh, I was also curious since you're, you, you aren't a flight attendant anymore. You used to do that or do you still do well, that? Well, I'm technically still a flight attendant. Okay. Yeah. I don't okay. really give it up because I like the benefits a lot. <laughs> um, and I get my insurance and all that kind of stuff through there. So that's kind of cool. Um, and sorry, my dryer's going off. <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I've actually flown a little bit like through COVID because the airlines have been such a mess that they've needed people. And so I've had to fly, you know, I did a little Hawaii trip or, you know, a little turn back it out and back kind of thing. Um, I have enough seniority that I hold pretty good stuff, but every now and then I'll fly. So did they, did you have any thought about, well, since you're a flight attendant, you're used to traveling and flying and coming back and having delayed flights and all that stuff. Did that prepare you in any way for the amazing race and all the travel you do on there? Um, it actually kind of messed us up at one point because we were extra conservative about this train situation. Cause we're like, what if we miss the connection? Um, and so I wish kind of, we weren't, didn't have that experience to be careful about connections because, you know, a lot of other people took the other train and we ended up surviving the leg. But I mean, it's, you know, they messed us up a little bit. Other than that, I mean, yeah, I, you know, talking to different flight attendants, of course, on the, you know, as we're racing, that helps. And um, we can obviously read, you know, schedules. We did, we did a couple kind of trickier uh, flights that got us places faster, like late, a little later on in the race. So it helped and hurt it and hurt. Pros and cons. Yeah. So then how did you get into casting from that point on? So after the show was, or after our finale, then uh, Lynn just um, reached out and said, hey, Jody, do you want to try casting for me? I'm like, sure, what's that? <laughs> you know, like, what do you want from me? And, and it started as like just a two week thing. And then it kind of progressed into where I was casting for Survivor and Amazing Race and traveling with both shows and all of that. So kind of went on from there. Jody, give me the names of some of your biggest gets that you've brought to the world of Survivor. Well, Hayden's here right now. <laughs> um, but he's obviously one of my favorites. Um, you know, Brenda Lowe, Chase Rice has become a big, big, big deal in the country music world. Uh, it kind of I, I saw him in concert one time. Yeah, I've seen him in concert lots of times. <laughs> yeah, it's a good concert. Um, yeah, I'd have to think about, I mean, uh, Whitney Duncan has done incredibly well in the music scene as well. Um, I have a list somewhere. <laughs> uh, Joe and Sierra, they're, they're fan favorites. People really like them. Chris Underwood won. You know, there's a lot. Uh, 
um, Brad and Monica Culpepper. So how does someone like, so for instance, Monica. On this is Danny, by the way. Danny oh, and on this season, I had Danny and Jarius. Jer, but what did he go by? JR maybe? Or what did he go by? I actually haven't watched this season. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's okay. Danny's um, <laughs> He's in so like top five. For instance, like the Culpeppers, Brad mm -hmm. Culpepper, big deal at uh, University of Florida, nine, 10 years in the NFL. He's actually coming on the show in about a week or so. But yeah. how do you, how did you like, how did you get someone like that? I mean, obviously Monica came over to the show first, but how does that, was that someone that you tried to recruit or did she apply? Yeah, that was actually recruiting. Um, I saw an article with them in the newspaper or something, I think. And I think we were looking for athletes at the time. We used to kind of look more for specifics, but then I'm like, well, she is great. <laughs> you know, like she, he's great too, but it's like, let, let's get her, you know, cause we were needing women more than we were needing men at that point. So. Very cool. So I have to think one of the biggest challenges when it comes to casting is you have an idea of what someone could be like when you interview them and you talk with them several times, but when it comes to Survivor, you have no idea what they're going to be like with the cameras around them all the time and when they're not sleeping a whole lot and when they're eating a lot, whole lot. How are you able to try to whittle it down and figure out who the best people are and how they're going to translate to a show like Survivor when they might not be their normal self on there? Well, they go through psych testing. So that's kind of the psychologist, you know, job to say, you know, what they would be like in certain situations. Um, so they go through that. There's a big giant background check. They answer 1 million questions. We know everything about them. Um, and then we have seen them during like stressful, you know, it's a, a week of finals and it's mm -hmm. stressful for them. So you kind of see, you know, what they, uh, how they are interacting, et cetera. I mean, they're eating. So, and you never know for sure, but with all of that testing, et cetera, you should have a decent idea. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And so have you, have there been times when you've been surprised by how someone goes through the casting and then they on, end up on the show? Have there been anyone that you've been pleasantly surprised with where you're like, oh, you know what? I don't know how they're going to actually do on there in terms of, um, and they were like, wow, they were even better than we expected in terms of a character. Yeah, I'm sure there's all, there are people that, you know, they get on there like, wow, that was like, unexpected. <laughs> I, mean, I can't even remember who it was. Somebody went on and was so ultra paranoid and it was so against character from everything we saw. So that was surprising, but I don't remember who it was. Everybody kind of blends, you know, season after season for standards and, you know, some of it kind of blends. So it's hard for me to remember. Um, but most of the time, what I see on TV is what I expect. And it's the person I experienced most of the time. And what would be the tip that you'd give to someone who really wants to catch the eye of production if they're applying to get on the show? High energy. You need to have high energy. You need to stand up. Um, you need to like be expressive when you talk, like, you know, change your volume. Um, and it's giving information about yourself. The whole point of the video is to get to know you. <laughs> you know, it is not for you to tell us about survival. 
you know, and so sometimes people will go, oh, well, this person on Survivor, that person, they're going through all this stuff about the show. Like we know the show, right? So everyone in casting knows the show. Well, they don't need to be told about their show. They want to know what are you bringing to the table? So. And have you done casting for other shows yeah. in addition to Survivor? Which ones? Yeah. Well, Amazing Race pretty consistently, and then a bunch. Like I, I did um, some dating shows. Um, I've done like singing show. I mean, like kind of most of the genres, you know, like you'll do little shows here and there, some new programming, like Spy Games was a new programming that became a show. Like it, it actually got created. So sometimes it starts as an idea. And Spy Games is one of those ones that was more on the idea frame. But um, yeah, I, I've done lots of shows. When you do a show, so for instance, a dating show versus Survivor, mm-hmm. are you looking for different things compared when it comes to casting those shows? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it just depends on what the show is and what they, you know, what the every show has their own qualifications of what they want in that person. I mean, you still want a personality, you know, you still want a big personality. You still want voice inflection. You still want people that are excited about it and know the show. And, or if it's new, they don't have to know the show, but, um, you know, they're going to have to, if they're going to be on a dating show, I mean, they obviously need to be single, you know, um, and <laughs> that hasn't stopped them in the past. <laughs> yes, I know that's true, but I don't know if their background is as hard as, you know, the one that we had mostly with Survivor Amazing Race. It's a pretty serious background check. But, um, and social media checks, they go through all of your social media, like every single thing that you like or post, or, you know, even if you just push that like button, they'll see it. So that's a, I have to think that's a newer thing, right? Over the past five years or so. Yeah, maybe even, yeah. For sure in the last five, maybe even a little bit less, where they've really, really deciphered the social media. Okay. So how do they, do you have to like basically, if let's say if I was being considered for a role, would I have to give my login information and they just they just go through everything? You don't give your login, but you have to make it public for the amount of time that they need it public. Okay. Yeah. And people don't have a way that they can try to hide anything? Because they can figure out that st- some of it isn't actually all public. It's a background company, so they know what they're doing. I mean, I don't have to do it, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we look through generally, you know, before we submit them, but yeah, they, they find it. Is it more likely that someone ends up getting dropped as a result of searching through their social media versus, hey, you know what? I think you should delete this picture, delete this post. Is yeah. it? We don't tell them to do that. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've had some. Yeah. What was that? I said, you are what you are. <laughs> you know, you've chosen to put that out there, then you're stuck with it, kind of. That's interesting. I've had, I have a couple friends who are on The Bachelorette who've been on this show. And one of the guys was talking about how they, they had just told him, hey, delete a couple of these posts. It wasn't like you're dropped entirely. It was just a couple posts from like 2008. Like, I think you should delete this because if yeah. this comes out, it's not going to reflect well upon you or the show for that matter. That's true. The casting people aren't supposed to do that, whether they do it or not. Yeah, some of them do it. Um, but does that mean that it's hidden forever? No. No. You know, so it could still come out. So I think uh, when I was there, at least at CBS, they were like, well, even if it's deleted, doesn't mean it's gone forever. Somebody might still have it. 
Jody, I think it'd be fun if you're up for this as a little exercise. I think it'd be fun if you gave me, I'm never, by the way, I'm never going to go on a reality show. I just yeah. don't think it'll ever happen. But if you were casting me, I think it'd be fun if you gave me a sample question that you'd ask me and then see how I did grade me on how I answered the question. You want to try that? Sure. So the questions can be random, right? So what'd you have for breakfast? You know, when it comes to breakfast, I'm not a big time breakfast eater. I like to go for, try to put in a little bit of protein, but not a lot of high calories. So I made a breakfast sandwich, had a bagel with an egg, some turkey, some cheese, and some orange juice. Not bad. I think the what you're probably missing is the why. The why, yeah. Yeah. So to give the information, I mean, you were descriptive, so you painted the picture. Um, you know, uh, are you like training? Do you go to the gym a lot? Do you, you know what I mean? You want to kind of put in like a benefit, like a, you know, put in there like the why, you know, like I'm super athletic and I really care about what I eat, <laughs> or, you know, or I go to the gym five days a week. So my first thought is I need, you know, I need fuel to get there. So I'm going to eat the, 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 you know, so you're giving a little bit of something about you to go. Along I'm with fat, you. Jody. That's why. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. yeah, that's the only, you know, but this description's good. So there's just the why. Yeah. That was something that one of the guys I mentioned, uh, do you watch the bachelorette at all? Do you, have I you do. watched it in the past? Okay. Uh -huh. Jordan Kimball. Okay. He's yeah. a male model who got kicked off of Paradise a couple of years ago. Okay. He, he came oh, on here. Oh, I know which one he is. Yeah. 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 He came on here and he was saying that whenever they give him a question, he'd try to turn it into some long story where he'd just talk and try to tell, tell information about himself indirectly while answering the question. Right. So the the only part about that that's not good is long. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So shows last an hour. So you need to be concise yeah. storyteller. So, you know, if you can do it in three sentences, fantastic. And even fantastic one-liner is great, you know, but they need to be descriptive. You're telling a story. Your job's to tell a story, right? So descriptive, paint a picture, but give information about yourself. Now, when it comes to casting, when you have someone, for instance, like a Brad Culpepper, who's used to being in high pressure situations, he's been trained to do media questions, as most professional athletes are, he's had TV cameras on him his whole, basically adult life. Mm -hmm. And then you have other people who maybe they have an experience like doing what I'm doing right now with doing a podcast or they're used to being on TV as a reporter. There've been some journalism people. Mm -hmm. Do you think that those people that have some kind of a background and more of a comfortability in front of the camera, like is, does that play well for them when it comes to casting or does it not really matter all that much? It depends. It used to be that people and they didn't want people that are in TV or media trained. Um, but in certain situations, it's okay. Like obviously pro athletes are all media trained, but they're bringing kind of something else to the table kind of around that. Uh, Rick Devins was kind of, um, I think a unique pick because he's very funny and he's also very, um, he's just open, right? So he just lays it out. He doesn't 
feel super media trained. So he doesn't feel like he's thinking about his answer and ca calculating the answer before he says it. That's not very good television. So they do try to kind of stay away from the people that are like, like we've had a lot of pageant girls in the past, but it was always a struggle because pageant girls are so perfect in their answers, right? So they have to kind of get completely away from that and give just the honest, whatever blurt comes out of their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause you want it to be, since it's a reality show, you want a, a level of authenticity to it. Yeah. And if someone is so, is overly comfortable around the cameras or overly comfortable at answering questions, then it might not come off as authentic. Right. Yeah. So yeah, they want how they want like the best people are the people that are just blurters. They're the people that are like, this is who I am, take it or leave it. You know, like whatever the question is, they don't think about the answer. They just let. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Any examples of that? Uh, I mean, I, I think like Tony's like that, you know, like, yeah. you know, if he answers a question, he's just going to tell you exactly what's on his mind, you know, um, even like, you know, Sandra, all of them that are like really good. It's just like, this is who I am, you know, um, and it's great. Um, I think, you know, people like um, it's Elizabeth Olsen and, you know, some they're, they're just who they are. And that's what they're looking for in casting is who are you? Can you just be you? Makes a lot of sense. So one thing I'm interested in is obviously you've been doing this thing for over a decade now. And I'm curious, how have you noticed the reality TV genre change over the past 10 years? Uh, yeah, it's changed a lot. Um, it's changed from where you're typecasting and everybody has to be in a box to where, no, it's just whoever's the best. Um, it's really, you have to be so careful with social media and any little thing that you say that might be perceived to be politically incorrect, <laughs> you know, for right. lack of a better word, could get you in trouble. So there's a lot more um, problems that way. I think that the um, the networks are very risk averse. So they're not willing to take any risks on people. Psych has gotten a lot harder and a lot stronger. Um, so yeah, as, as time goes on, those things change. Has it... Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And personally, as a like, I really don't like the way that that's kind of changed in terms of if someone puts out one bad tweet from 10 years ago, it's taken as if it was written in a book. And it's like, you know, just something that was immature, a, a poor choice of words or, you know, a bad take or whatever you want to call it. It sticks to people for the rest of their lives. But as much as I don't like it, that's the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah, once it's out, the social media thing. And so, like, when I went through Amazing Race, like, that wasn't even a thing. I don't even think Twitter existed. Twitter was out there, but it was a very small percentage of people using it. It was basically yeah. just journalists that were getting information out there. Got it. And then it wasn't Instagram, but there was Facebook. Yeah. So it's just it was just different. Like, people just weren't as caught up in the whole social media thing to where now it's like everybody has everything, you know? And, and yeah, unfortunately, that stuff, it's stuck out there and people will screenshot it and it will affect the rest of your life. Yeah. So if you're a young person and you're listening to this, maybe join Twitter when you turn like 25 or something like that. Maybe wait a little bit. 
<laughs> yeah, or if you join, just observe. Sit on the sidelines. Yeah, be really careful about what you post. Yeah, I, I just went through the process. I was like, okay, I don't have that much of a following yet, but I don't want everything I've posted from when I was 15 years old out there. So I deleted those accounts, decided to start new accounts. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like, be careful what you just send to somebody else because they could post it. Right. Right. Yeah. That has haunted a few people. You know, you can, I can think of a very particular big brother contestant who had photos of himself posted by an ex girlfriend that you can't live down. Like they're out there. But it affected job, you know, it affected a lot of things. One thing I'm interested in is I think that something I've noticed, maybe not as much with Survivor, but reality TV and social media has opened up opportunities for people. Like I'm watching some of the old seasons of the Real World Road Rules Challenge and Mm -hmm. some of the I've watched a lot of these old shows. Uh (laughs) And back then it was like, okay you get on a reality show and it could potentially give you opportunities to be in TV shows, movies and acting. And now it seems like there's a greater path for people to be like a social media influencer and to have more notoriety through social media. Have you noticed something like that? Like, are there people that you go through casting and you're like, okay, this person really wants to get some notoriety out of this. Is it easy to decipher some of that? Yeah. If the person, if it's obvious that the person is just wanting to be on TV to like for social media numbers, survivors, not the place for them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know that the bachelor and the, and challenge the challenge, like their numbers go crazy, you know, big brother people, actually their numbers go pretty crazy too. But um, I think survivor and amazing race, they kind of, except for the social media season of Amazing Race, of course, you know, they kind of, they're looking for people who really want to play the game and know the game really well and not are just trying to get notoriety or get on, increase their social media numbers. And why do you think that is that those shows don't have the big social media followings that other shows do? Like Survivor? Yeah, like Survivor and Amazing Race versus Bachelor, Big Brother, Challenge. I don't know. I mean, the challenge, in my opinion, is a fantastic show, and they're really smart. I love the challenge, Jody. I'm a big fan. Right? Like their challenges are sick, you know, and they're bringing in people from all over the place with big following already. So their entire cast already has notoriety before they're even on the show. So then the numbers of the people that are watching that show are just crazy high. And so then all of it, like, look, you know, Jay Starrett, like his numbers are through the roof, um, way higher when he got on the challenge than when he was on Survivor. Um, and so those kind of shows are just really watched by a lot of that generation that's really into social media and their numbers go crazy. And uh, yeah, and The Bachelor seems to have the same effect. The Bachelor, Bachelorette people, like they all become influencers, it seems like. So. Yeah, I think my th- I was thinking with like the challenge is it's basically like if they're doing Survivor All-Stars every season because they keep coming back. So right. if you were to look through the people who have the biggest followings on Instagram of Survivor contestants, it'd probably be like Boston Rob, Tyson, Parvati, people who've been on the show several times sure. on the challenge. It's basically and, and those are people who've come on a total of 
three or four times over the course of 15 years, yeah, 20 20. years. And then these people are getting the opportunity to do like eight straight seasons. And so they just, they stay on TV. They have a younger crowd. And for whatever reason, it seems like the survivor and the amazing race crowd has like a, I would guess, I think my thing I I would guess would be that it's the demographics are kind of all over the place. It's not like it's all one young group. I think it's more family oriented. Yeah. So yeah. not everyone's hanging out on Instagram all the time. Right. Yeah. Shows. Yeah. And definitely, it's definitely more family oriented than MTV shows or even the bachelor, you know, you yeah. don't really probably sit down with your seven year old and watch the bachelor, <laughs> 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 but you will sit down with your seven year old and watch survivor or amazing race. So what, what's your, sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was wondering what's your favorite season of the challenge. Oh gosh. I don't know. Or era, mm-hmm. I guess. I started watching when Jay was on the first time. Okay. And and then I've watched since. So I haven't really gone back and watched all. I think I maybe whatever I could find that was out there, you know, on whatever I have TV wise, I might have, you know, I might have watched another season or two. But for the most part, I watched from that on. But I mean, they're good. They're good shows. It's even it was even better like a few years ago. I don't think yeah. the last couple seasons have been peak challenge, um, but yeah. there are some just amazing seasons from the yeah. last ten years or so. Well, and I always kind of thought it was more like MTV, where it's I don't you know <laughs> not really my style of show, yeah. you know. But that particular show, it's such a competition reality show, and they do have crazy challenges, and it's super interesting, and yeah, I like it. So you have seen some people come through casting, right. That have looked like, okay, I'm going to kind of, I want to build a brand through going on a show, even on survivor. Have you seen some of that? I mean, we don't focus on that. So if they're trying to build a brand, that's not something we would ever discuss with them. Okay. Yeah. Cause so we don't, just- we don't talk about, we talk about the show, like right. the competition and for them, it's not even a show. It's just a competition for a million dollars. And that's what we want them focused on. Um, not that I'm casting anymore. I keep saying that like I am, but right. you know, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you want them, you want the people focused on the show that they're applying for. It's a competition. You want the, them to be strategists. You want them to know it well, etc. Do not care even slightly about their social media or what their branding is or any of that crap. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I guess the thing I was just curious, so it doesn't sound like that's much in your experience, but I guess what I was interested in was like, if these people, it's probably more like a bachelor thing, but if they're wanting to have the notoriety, I would just think that maybe they just feel less authentic to the viewer because they're trying to be whatever they want social media for them to be. Yeah. And I'm sure that even in The Bachelor, they're trying to find people that are actually there for the right reasons, right? <laughs> All they say are there for the right reasons. <laughs> so I'm sure they're trying to find people that are actually there for the right reasons. But there's always that element of, are my numbers going to blow up? I'm going to be a social media influencer. So I'm sure they're trying to kind of get through that a little bit and see. So uh, you mentioned this, you're no longer with casting for these shows you're doing something else now and i'll give you a chance to plug that in a little bit i was curious though when you were working on these shows did you go on location for these shows and what did you do when you were on location 
Yeah, so I've been on most of the locations since I've started. Um, I would either, sometimes with Survivor, you take a group, you know, to get them to start the game and they have what's called pregame and where they're kind of getting ready before they start. Um, I'd also did the trips that were planned. So where on Survivor, you take the non-jury members and then you take them and travel to a neighboring country. And some of that has changed like in the last couple of years. But, um, and then with Amazing Race, I'd pick people up from around the world when they were eliminated and take them back to the sequester house, hang out at the sequester house, et cetera. So I kind of did that. I've been at finale, you know, the end lines and the starting lines and getting them ready in the beginning and then being there for the finales, work live finales. There's, there's a lot of parts. Yeah. It sounds pretty. It sounds like the jury trip stuff. Well, that the pre-jury trip. That sounds like that'd be really fun. Like you get to take yeah. them and do a bunch of fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, in Fiji or wherever you're traveling, I guess. Yeah. So if they're in Fiji, we'd never stay in Fiji. We'd always go to somewhere neighboring, right? Usually Australia um, when you're in Fiji. But um, yeah, it's fun. It's it can be really fun, you know, because you can do all kinds of really cool things and it's an awesome experience. And depending on the people that you have and if they're like, hey, let you know, take this as a great vacation, sometimes they hate each other. You know, so we're <laughs> with some of that as well, you know. Um, and but usually, you know, you can kind of talk them into like letting it go and just enjoying this trip of a lifetime that they don't have to pay for. <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys do? Like, or what would you guys do? I should say. It depends on where we go, but we we do we all we would typically do like a cooking class somewhere where it's like a day of like cooking whatever's local and drinks and whatever. We'd rent sailboats and they'd take you out on the water and go snorkeling and fish tacos and that kind of thing. We've um, you know done elephant riding and um, bathing and you know all that kind of stuff when you're in Thailand. We've gone to Muay Thai boxing in Barcelona. We went and saw um, one of the soccer games. Uh, lots of food, uh, lots of spas. Uh, it just kind of depends on where we're at, what's available. We've done rock climbing, rappelling, whitewater rafting. Depends on our people, you know, what, what they're into and, and the country. What's your best story of a cast member when they were not on the show, when they got to your pre-jury trip? Uh, I'd have to say it was, I mean, we had some of the funniest things with um, Drew. Uh, Drew Christie? The two brothers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, man, that kid. <laughs> he peed on his own bed. That was funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how much of this I didn't say, but <laughs> yeah, he met a nice girl who turned out to be a prostitute. <laughs> you know, just some, we could have had a whole T-shirt with Drew Christieisms. I think after that trip, it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> was it an overall fun time? <laughs> yeah, it was. It's slightly stressful. He got this by a chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> there were things, you know, but it that was, yeah, that was somewhat of a challenging trip. Um, we had uh, John Rocker and Julie, and John got upset once uh, gambling and almost flipped a table over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there there were moments, but you know, ultimately a good time. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's incredible. That's great. Oh my yeah. gosh. That sounds so funny. Now, obviously you've done some casting for all-star seasons of Survivor. How does that differ from going out and finding people who haven't been on TV before? Yeah, it's really different because we don't have that much say. Um, it comes down to the network. Basically, we're just reaching out to people saying, hey, are you interested? You know, and if we're looking for a family member for like blood versus water, then you're kind of coming through their family members and talking to them and getting, you know, figuring that out. And you're kind of seeing what's different with them now from when they played the first time. But for the most part, we don't, it doesn't, we don't have a lot of, it's not like uh, the casting team doesn't pick the cast. Yeah. They screen the cast, you know, they bring in the people they think are the best and then they present them. And the people have to go through lots of hoops to get there. And uh, the other thing that's you asked me earlier, what's changed throughout the years, the casting process has changed tremendously because it used to be where we'd have a lot more people at live finals and like of 37 would make it or something like that. Now they have to Skype with Matt and Jeff before they ever get to a live final. And whether it's live or not, they might be doing it all Skype because of COVID. But um, they only bring people to finals that they really want and think will make the show. And so when you get to that final process, it's a lot higher chance you're going to make it. That's interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot less just kind of waste, I would say, of bringing people in, getting there. I mean, you go through a lot. You know, from the background package, which is like 112 pages or something, you know, to coming out for an entire week and going through interviews and all of that and going through psych and medical and all these different interviews and pictures. And there's a lot that that you have to do to get there. You mentioned blood versus water. Mm -hmm. Is it true that basically everybody who was on Survivor got contacted for that season? (laughs) I mean, a lot of people do. I'm exaggerating, by the way. This is one thing that I kind of don't, that I never liked, but it's true. Uh, They will reach out to people regardless of whether they're being that they're very high in the consideration. And some of it's to throw things off, but some of it is just so they have every option available but then that gets so many people's hopes up that aren't going to make it well it would also make sense for that season too because it was so different from any all-star season where the person that you were bringing on they had to have a plus one that was very very interesting and if you didn't have that then you weren't going to get brought back right yeah yeah there were some great people that they would have loved to have but they didn't have the right partner yeah, because then also, like, you need to have someone who not only is interesting, you have to have a story with them and their loved one, too. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of backstory, typically. And the same thing, like, with Amazing Race. People are like, oh, I want to go on that with my friend. Okay, first of all, your friend might not be that interesting. <laughs> you know? And secondly, we're friends is not a great category, you know. Um, they have teams of something interesting. And friend is just, eh. you know, you don't see a lot of their friends as a, as a category, right? <laughs> and so um, it, the, the thing with race is it's really hard because they have to like both of you equally. You have to have a pretty good balance of back and forth, a lot of banter back and forth. Um, and it, but one person can't be super strong and the other one's just the quieter one. It doesn't work. So how often does that happen where 
you see someone for Amazing Race and you say, oh, that person's really good. They'd be good on TV. We'd like to put them on Big Brother or Survivor. Um, their partner is not. There's no good story there. Or like what happened to you where they're like, oh, you'd be great, but we want someone else who fits that mold of what we think your story would be. How often does that yeah. happen? Decent amount of time. Yeah. I mean, ideally you just have two people that are awesome and they love them both, but yeah, they, they repair and steal. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if somebody like applied for amazing race, but like is also a giant survivor fan and has a great personality, but doesn't have a partner, they'll move them over. Did you cast Albert? Cause I know that happened to Albert. He wanted to do amazing race. I don't know. I don't think I cast Albert. No, but like Hayden, when I first cast him, he was in survivor pool. And then they wanted him on Big Brother. So then he did that and then came back over to Survivor as well. But um, but yeah, it, it happens where they move you. Out of like the big three for CBS, well, now I guess there's tough as nails, but with mm -hmm. Survivor, Amazing Race, Big Brother, I would think, correct me if I'm wrong, I would think that Big Brother would be the one that'd be easiest to predict what the person would be like on the show based on how they go through the like how they go through the interviews because like on the amazing race and on survivor you're not sleeping or eating a whole lot and you're so tired out where big brother you're probably you might be eating more than you would at home right yeah and you're sleeping plenty yeah, yeah. so is that yeah. is you're, you're gonna have more of your true person your regular everyday personality the more controllable personality i think you know it might be how you handle stress a little bit um but other than that like you don't have all the other elements that are detracting you know so yeah i would think big brother you'd probably be the most normal who is the okay a couple uh listener questions i got here and okay. if you don't know that's fine okay riskiest casting choice that paid off Ooh. I'm so bad with like I'm a Libra. I can't think of like ones, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, risky paid off. Risky that paid off. Uh, I don't know, and I don't, you know, I'd have to think about why they were risky. Okay. I mean, I'm if I look at and, and what I can say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All um, right. That's a tough one. Okay. <laughs> you might be able to you might not be able to answer this one okay. uh but that's uh, along similar lines the biggest flop of someone that you had high hopes for that did not pan out on the show actually there's a girl that i can't the only girl that i ever casted i can't stand <laughs> should i say her name i don't know <laughs> uh i'm trying to think of what it was so it starts with sam <laughs> Semhar? Start, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Was she the spoken word poet? I think she did that. She was just a parent. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said her name, but I, yeah, I can't. That girl, she was a lot. Yeah. <gasps> That would be the one that I was like, if I didn't have to cast her, I'd be thrilled that I, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <take> it back. <laughs> now, Jody, what is it that you're doing now? And why did you decide to no longer do what you had been doing? Because I know you exited yeah. what you had been doing fairly recently, right? 
It's been about a year and a half now. So I just started my own business um, and I'm basically helping people um, make their videos and and anything having to do with the submission process. Uh, and I've got a business called Casting Reality and I like it because I can actually get back into instead of being the gatekeeper of like just no or like, you know, you can actually help people. And there's so many people that like this is their dream. Right. And, you know, such a small percentage of people actually make the show. But it, at worst case, at least they know that they can make their they've made their very best video that they possibly can doing what casting wants to see. And so you've kind of put it all out on the table and then it's out of your hands. But it's shocking to me how bad some of the videos are <laughs> like really, really awful. And then sometimes I'll talk to people and I was like, you've got stuff like you have things to put in this video, but this video is awful, you know, <laughs> like, and so let's like, I send questions, I get answers, I go through the answers, I pick out the stuff that's like that 20% that's the most interesting stuff that can get them cast. And then we, you know, kind of talk about an outline of how to shoot the video and what order. Um, but that's kind of a thing that will really, it, it just really helps everybody because it's it, most people don't know how to make a video. They just don't. I mean, it's not in, inherent. There's no directions anywhere. And just be yourself. It is the, you know, the, a lot of the information they get. And that's, people are like okay so that's not a lot of direction like so i get it you know if someone reaches out you look at them and you're like they have no shot like they're just not going to get on do you tell them like what do you do then i i don't just i mean i won't ever say you have no shot because you never know right um but i can tell i would tell them you're way off um, this is what needs to be done, or this is what it needs to look like, or this is what we need to do or pull out, or you're up in an uphill battle because this is what you're missing and what, you know, the people that will likely get the slot will, will have. Um, and then, you know, we'll look at like what, again, what are your best things? What kind of things would make you good? And let's at least put your best things out there and see if you can get a call. You know, but um, I don't I, I don't think I'd say you have no shot because you just never know for sure. And sometimes what you see in that first video is so far off of where it will be after I work with them. And again, I don't change their personality. I just kind of pull out the right things that will help them. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. So it, it's always worth a shot if it's something they really want to do. Jody, we talked about how reality TV has changed over the past 10 years. How do you see it changing? What do you think the future of this thing is over the next five? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, I personally wasn't a big fan of this season. You haven't seen it. I mean, there's a reason I haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah, there's just way too much interference from production, in my opinion, as a viewer. Um, way too many things that come down to chance. Uh, that are just like, hey, if you do this, you're going to pick a rock and you may or may not be on the show anymore. Like, no, you know, um, I hope that they stop that. <laughs> but can I say they will? No, who knows, you know, um, and you never know. It's always a reaction. The next season always is always a reaction to what happens in the previous season, right? <laughs> or in the previous couple seasons or what's happening in the world. And so unless you can predict what's going to happen in the world, 
it's going to be really hard to predict how the how it's going to change. Well, I can't imagine the social media and stuff like that, and you know, politically correct statements right. or offending any you know categories of people. I don't think that's going to change at all. I, if anything, it's going to get worse. Yeah, I would say in terms of. I, I haven't really been a big, big brother watcher. It's just too long for me. Like I just can't stay into it the whole season. I watch too much yeah. baseball. I watch baseball yeah. every yeah. night. And so, but I have seen a couple seasons, but you know, I've, I regularly watch survivor, the, mm -hmm. uh, the challenge, the amazing race used to watch the apprentice back in the day. There are a lot of shows used to watch the bachelor. What about tough as nails? Tough as nails. Yeah. That's I've been meaning to watch. I should. I was noticing, though, in terms of like what we talk about with Survivor and how that's, you know, there's so many twists and everything. I think the Amazing Race, if we can ever get them back traveling, like the Amazing Race, there were problems in the last season with kind of the social politics of it. I think a lot of people didn't like how there were so much alliances and people want to just see a little more pure competition. Sure. You talk about how it's reactionary. I would have to think that, and especially it seemed Phil seemed so upset with how that was going on right. on the last season. They're going to do something to try to counteract that. And I think the amazing race can pretty much, it seems like it's remaining the most constant out of all these shows. Could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, more of true to itself of what it yeah. was when it started. I agree with that. I don't think it's changed a ton. Um, I think this last, they just taped one. And I think that that's going to be different because I think they chartered. I think they had to have charter flights um, to make it work because of COVID. Yeah. So I think that's different because then you don't have that element of having to book your own flights, you know? And I have noticed a little bit of change with that where when I did it, you could book whatever flight you wanted. You could book more than one flight. And then you just get reimbursed later or the network would figure that out. And then it, it change shortly thereafter to know you can book one flight once you bought it you're stuck with it and then i've noticed a little bit more now that it's like you have a choice of this flight or this flight so i'm sure it comes down to cost in some ways because i mean there were there were flights i bought that were like i'm like is this okay like this is a lot of money you know twenty six thousand dollars for one you know for this oh. next you know, group for two uh, art us, you know, the two of us and your two camera people, your camera sound guy, 26 grand. I'm like, is that okay? And just gives me the credit card. So, <laughs> you know, uh, we used to be able to do that. Now I don't think so. Makes a lot of sense. Well, Jody, uh, I would love to wrap up on this. Uh, I had heard that you are also a woman of faith. Yeah. Uh, you've got Christian in your Twitter bio. Like what is that? your, what role does your Christian faith play in your life? Oh, well, it's like your guiding principles, right? So it's kind of uh, everything, you know? It's, it's kind of everything that comes back to uh, being thankful, you know? I, there's, like, I've had a great life, you know? Like, a better life than I would have designed on my own. And some of that just came out of nowhere, you know? Like, from the race to Lynn just saying, hey, do you want to cast for us? I mean, I wouldn't have come up with that. I didn't even know what it was. You know, and I've had just things kind of just fall in place really amazingly. And so um, I'm very thankful for that. But I'm also just kind of I don't plan my life. I just kind of wait to see what comes next, because I think there's somebody else that's doing a better job. You know, um, so it's kind of just your basis for like living and kind of, you know, 
everything that comes comes back to your what you believe in. And how did you come to know Christ? Oh, I was born into a good family. <laughs> they, had, they had us in the church when we were kids, you know, I mean, before I could walk probably. <laughs> and then I, I ended up in um, a Christian schools when I was younger. Uh, and then I went secular in like junior high in high school. And then when I went back to college, my parents were like, if you're going to college in California, you're going to a Christian school. All right, cool. You know, and so then I went to Point Loma for a while, and then uh, then I went over to USD, which is Catholic, uh, and then kind of uh, Loyola. I think might have been Catholic too. Actually, I'm not sure, but um, but yeah. So just kind of have always had it in my life. All right. Well, uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so Thank much you. for coming by. Great talking uh, about all these shows. Talking a little bit about faith. Um, I'm also a man of faith. And that's most important to me. So I really appreciate your time, Jody. This is a lot of fun. It was my pleasure. Uh, what would you like to plug or promote before you say goodbye for now? I don't think I need to plug or promote anything, really. <laughs> I mean, I'm plenty busy, so there's that. But, I mean, if people want help, they can reach out. Um, yeah, it's easiest if you do it on my website or, you know, all the information is there because if they – email me or text me or something or social media is not my favorite way to work. I'll tell you that. All I'm going to send you to my website. So <laughs> that's better. Well, thank you very much. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. That does it today for my conversation with Jody Wincheski. Really enjoyed chatting with her, talking about these reality shows and what it's like working in casting and learned a lot about that process. Hopefully you guys did too. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our conversation today. I will be back next week uh, with some more podcast content. We're going to run a simulator for a 24, 24 teams, 24 team college football playoff that I built my own bracket for. We're going to run simulator. We're going to talk about it. Brad Culpepper is going to come on this show in a little over a week. So if you guys liked what you heard today and you don't want to miss out on our upcoming episodes, make sure you subscribe to The Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, here on YouTube, or wherever it is that you guys are getting your podcast. Maybe it's Spotify, Amazon, Google, you name it. Subscribe. Don't miss out. Log on to my website, jackvita.com. I'm posting a lot of content, doing a lot of writing. I'm going to also post my 24-team college football playoff bracket over there on my site as well. JackVita.com. Get on my email newsletter so you don't miss out on anything. And then follow along on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at JackVitaShow so you don't miss out on anything that I have in terms of content. And you can just hear my thoughts as I watch sports. Um, and until our next episode, I'm Jack Vita. Bringing the dance to the lobsters.